The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, a recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention announced an extension on the federal eviction moratorium yesterday, preventing the evictions of some tenants who can't pay rent during the pandemic. The moratorium was scheduled to expire on March 31st, but is now slated to end on June 30th. Not everyone can take advantage of this protection. Renters having trouble paying their rent still have to apply and qualify. At the state level, $160 million in federal money has gone to Virginia's rent relief program, which provides financial help to eligible families whose rent is past due. Three Richmond-based advocacy groups say tenants need protection from eviction sooner than the state or federal government can provide it. The coalition detailed local policy proposals to address the city's housing and eviction crisis yesterday. Patrick Larson has details. From 2000 to 2016, Richmond had the second highest eviction rate in the U.S. The crisis is ongoing and tenants still struggle to maintain stable housing. To help protect tenants from evictions, the new coalition says the city should provide more financial support to renters and build more affordable housing. Another proposal from the group is to ensure tenants get legal counsel in eviction cases. Virginia Poverty Law Center attorney Laura Wright says having aid can mean staying housed. Richmond, if they really want to deal with our high eviction rates, they should have a serious investment in providing attorneys for low-income tenants. The coalition points to New York City as an example. After legal counsel and eviction proceedings was made a right in the city, nearly nine out of every ten families represented by an attorney have stayed in their homes. Patrick Larson, VPM News. According to the AARP, nearly two in 100 Virginia nursing home residents died from COVID-19 between mid-January and mid-February. While that number has decreased, Virginia had the second highest rate of nursing home deaths over that period. The AARP says Virginia nursing homes continue to struggle. One in six reported staffing shortages, and one in ten said they needed more personal protective equipment. The COVID tracking project reports over 3,700 Virginians living in long-term care facilities have died from the coronavirus. A new report found that Virginia colleges and universities have overall fared pretty well throughout the pandemic, but a closer look at the data shows some schools have done better than others at retaining students. Alan Rodriguez-Espinosa reports. The report found that the number of new college students in Virginia declined by 8 percent, but overall enrollment remained flat during the past year. Tom Allison conducted the report for the State Council of Higher Education. Big picture, statewide, things could have been much, much worse. But for Virginia's community colleges, it's a different story. Two-year public colleges lost over 7,000 students, bringing down enrollment to its lowest point since 2002. Teresita Sass of Reynolds Community College says the pandemic forced many to leave school to focus on other priorities. Many of our students were frontline workers. They were students who have children. Reynolds saw a 9% drop. A disproportionate number of the students, Sass explained, were non-white and from low-income backgrounds. Alan Rodriguez-Espinosa, VPM News. The ribbon was cut yesterday on a newly rebuilt school in Chesterfield County. Crestwood Elementary is set to open its doors on April 13th. 
Speaking in front of school and county officials, Superintendent Merv Doherty says since construction was completed ahead of schedule, it's important to get students into the new building. When you think about the excitement and what we've been through over the past year, this is a shot in the arm. The school is designed to accommodate over 700 students, but according to district documents, just over 200 are currently participating in face-to-face instruction. Crestwood is one of several schools constructed using funds from the 2013 bond referendum. Ettrick and Reams Road Elementary are the final two and are set to open this fall. In Chesterfield County's proposed budget, there's a line item for more than $1 million to purchase print and electronic books. Ian Stewart explains why. In a budget presentation to the Board of Supervisors, library manager Jennifer Shepley got right to the point. Books are expensive, especially digital books, and I'll get into that in a minute. Shepley says last year, the library saw a 30% increase in e-book demand because of the pandemic. Collection manager Virginia Phelps buys books for the county's libraries. Anyone would think that digital copy of a library book would be far cheaper because it's made of vapor, right? It's on the internet. Phelps says print books cost around $15 while e-books cost $40 or more. She says digital copies circulate multiple times, which publishers view as lost revenue. They also put time limits on e-books, so libraries have to buy them again. Phelps says even with more than 50,000 e-books, it's hard to explain to borrowers why some aren't available. Ian Stewart, VPM News. Chesterfield residents who need transportation to get their COVID-19 vaccine are now eligible for free rides to appointments. Chesterfield County and GRTC's Access on Demand program will cover the $6 transportation fee to appointments anywhere in its service area. This includes Virginia State University and Richmond International Raceway Community Vaccination Centers. Residents who would like to sign up for a free ride can call Chesterfield Mobility Services at least one day ahead of their scheduled appointment. The phone number is 804-706-2796. Richmond has narrowed down the list of proposed resort casinos to three proposals, one near Scott's Edition and two south of the James River. As Roberto Roldan reports, the casino could bring a windfall, not just for the operator, but for the city as well. Richmond hired the consultant firm Convergence Strategy Group to do an independent casino market study. The group didn't look at specific proposals, but instead looked at different areas of the city. Even though a downtown casino didn't make the final cut, The report says that location would have pulled in the most money. A location in northwest Richmond, which includes Scott's Edition, would make about $320 million, with the site south of the river bringing in $10 million less. The city can expect to get roughly $30 million of that in tax revenue each year. While the consultants say they found no evidence a Richmond casino would increase crime, they estimated about a quarter of the revenue will come from city residents. Roberto Roldan, VPM News. This newscast was recorded on Monday, March 29th at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed from the time you've heard them. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. 
I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPN podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> 